Hello listener, thanks very much for tuning in to the Hamden Roar podcast. I'm the creator and host Andy Barge and I promise I'll stop going on about this soon, but just a quick heads up if you're not aware, my book Charting Scotland's Return to a Major Tournament is on sale now with Pitch Publishing. It's called A Nation Again and it's the inside story of our journey back to the Euros beginning with Gordon Strachan leaving and culminating with the shootout in Belgrade and it covers everything in between. I spoke to more than a dozen members of the squad and the staff to build this story using their memories and it's on sale now on Pitch's website and at places like Amazon, Waterstones and WH Smith etc so I hope if or when the time is right then you're happy to give it a go and reminisce about what was a pretty turbulent but ultimately successful era for the national team as we found our way back to a major tournament so thanks for listening and enjoy this episode It slightly favours the right footer here but Griffiths having got the goal goes again Welcome to the Hamden Roar podcast. It's finally a squad preview after four or so long months with no Scotland games uh, for the men's A team. It's finally upon us again. The start of a new campaign. All the hope is there. All the expectation is there. And the podcast squad previews are back, as will be the rest of them once the, the squad's been named and the games have been played. Delighted to welcome along once more Ben Ramage of the SFSA and Paisley Daily Express, a voice most of you will be familiar with. Joined for the first time by being sports commentator, former Livingston FC media officer, I suppose commentator as well. Callum Brown, all the way from his lovely Parisian apartment. Bienvenue, Callum. <laughs> Thanks very much. Cheers for having me on, Andy. Um, been a been a listener for a, a good while, so good to good to get my first call up. Oh, I mean, working with the with being sports, I mean that's already a a big boost to the the CV on top of Livy. So delighted to have you involved, Callum. I know you're a big Scotland fan and looking forward to getting your opinions into the mix here. Callum, just for anyone who's not familiar with you, which I would find very hard to believe given that your new job announcement tweet went pretty much viral in the Scottish football sphere. Um, just kind of run, run past the, the listener what it is that, that you're up to out in France. Um, yeah, so so basically I, I was involved at Livingston doing the, the club TV commentary and sort of media duties there with match reports and post-match interviews and yeah, I'd, I'd effectively just applied for, for a job at being Sports. I'd, you know, I'd assumed it was a job um, just just out in Paris and um, I was, you know, I was somehow hired, to be honest. Um, no, it's, it's, it's really good. I'm, I'm involved with Ligue 1 commentating on games and, and during the week we produce a sort of weekly preview and, and roundup show um for for international listeners and, and viewers for the for for League On. So I mean that's available on I think in the UK on on the likes of BT Sports. So you'll be able to hear me to put you to sleep on that if if <laughs> if need be. But no I'm I'm absolutely loving it and, and it's been a big step but no it's it's really good and Obviously, though, I'll, I'll be back over for the, the Scotland Games um, and the international break, which I'm looking forward to. Lovely. Well, glad it's going well for you out there. Let's get stuck into it then. Uh, so meeting the bone straight away for us today because 
when we were planning this podcast, initially, the under-21 squad hadn't been announced. It has since. I come to you first, Ben, because your namesake, young Mr. Doak, and Hayden Hackney, two of the players that I think a lot of fans were hoping would be included in the A squad for now, will remain with the under-21s. Does this catch you by surprise, fill you with disappointment? How are you feeling? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm surprised because it is still very early days in both of their careers. And the caveat I would say is that there's still very much a chance that they could yet be called up. Um, when you heard from Gemmell today, he was basically saying, and we've seen it before as well with uh, Ramsey, I think it was, that players can get called up from the under-21s when needed. Obviously, everybody would love to see Doak involved. We've all seen clips of him playing. We've, you know, the um, the amount of brilliant praise he's got from the, you know the, some of the top coaches. You, you know that there's a player there, and to me, I don't see a disadvantage to having him in the senior squad and giving him that experience of the setup rather than going and playing friendlies with the under twenty ones. So, I don't wish anyone any injuries, but I would really like to see him called up. Yet, um, I still think that could happen. Alan, Ben expresses an opinion I think he shares with many, but to caveat that, that um, as devil's advocate, the Scotland jersey is something that a lot of people, quite rightly, also think is something that has to be earned. Despite Ben Doak's doubtless talent, pace and hunger, has he earned a spot in the squad yet? Yes, it is a tough one. It's a, a tough question. Um, I think experience-wise, You'd probably say no, um, you know, in terms of the fact he's he's had the f- a handful of first team appearances at both Celtic and Liverpool. But I mean, those names are kind of household names in, in world football, let alone you know just in the UK. So I think age wise, you know, he's he's obviously a young guy, but ability wise, for me, he's good enough. And again, I'd, I'd probably caveat that with, you know, he's. Maybe you looked at Gilmore in the past and it was tougher for him probably to break in, albeit you know, a central midfielder. And I feel we're, we're really strong in, in that area. Obviously, he's, he's done it and, and he did very well. But I think with Doak, you know, you're, for me, I was, I was having a little think earlier. You're probably going back to maybe, be careful what I say here, but maybe like a, a catchy Anya, you know, for, for guys that, you know, with, with pace, direct, that, that can run, you know, the kind of kind of match winners that can take a game by the scruff of the neck and and beat a man. And I think it would be a lot of pressure on a, a young guy's shoulders. But you know, if, I'm I'm not just jumping on the hype train. If you get what I mean, like I've watched, you know, I've, I've say done my research on the guy, but you know, I watched like Scotland Twenty Ones games, watched them in the nineteens, watched them for Liverpool in the youth league, etc. A few games Celtic as well, and. Yeah, every time he's impressed me, he's just a player that really excites me. Um, good to see we're not just producing left backs. Um, but no, he's for me. I, I'm not saying he, he plays not at all, but he, he's just somebody that, that I think should be in the squad. As I saw people saying a wild card option, and that's probably I don't think there's a harm in, in calling him up um, to at least even just be be training with the squad. Well, a bit of context then. Um, Doc has played two games in the. Premier League this season, totaling 24 minutes. He's played in the FA Cup off the bench. He's played in the EFL Cup off the bench. The thing that stands out for me is that when he does come off the bench, for for example, for 15 minutes against Derby, 15 minutes against Wolves um, in the Cups, 
Liverpool fans and, and Liverpool uh, related journalists for Athletic, The Echo, etc. Ben, they, they would they would rave about his impact and say this boy is absolutely fearless. He, he, he seems completely ignorant to the stage that he's he's playing on because it's like he's just at the park with his pals, get the ball, head down, beat a man, run and try and set up a chance or, or have a shot on goal yourself. And Callum makes a fair point that on, on his day, maybe Ryan Fraser, but we haven't seen enough of that from Fraser. So Anya probably is one of the last more reliable sources of that for Scotland. Whereas Ben Doak, for example, you touched on it in the last pod, Ben. If, if and let's not get ahead of ourselves, even though I'm about to, if we are beating Cyprus 2-0, um, let's say, with 10 minutes to go at Hamden, and, and things are looking quite good, Doak coming out to warm up would, would electrify the place. Uh, if, he, if he came on to the place, say Ryan Christie or somebody, Hamden would would take so much joy in, in that. And, and that, I think, has to be considered just as much, potentially, the impact that just his presence could have on the support base and the energy that he could provide to the group in general. Yeah, and I think when you look at certain players, they just have that confidence. And looking back, you know, for us recently, you'd say that Tierney had that when he came in a very young, early age, and he he dealt with it perfectly fine because he's that level of player. I don't know if Doke is going to go on to have this similar career, but certainly all the signs are there. Um, I look at Hickey as well. There's some young players that just play beyond their years and the kind of noises that are coming out of Liverpool, that are coming out of Klopp, you know, they're saying that he has this ability and we don't have these kind of players that come along very often. So you see other countries doing it, countries like Spain, you know, they throw boys in when when they're good enough, not when they're old enough. And I would love to see us do that more because sometimes it does seem that we take ages to actually get a talented player into the squad and surely it can only benefit them being in earlier. But do we need, do we need to, if, if we're drawing the Spain comparison, remember that they're playing the two starting centre-mids for Barca. I mean, Pedri, yes, he is only 18 or 19, but he's probably Barca's most important player. And I think him being injured at the moment is, is a bit of an issue for them. Uh, speaking of centre-mids, though, Callum, Hayden Hackney of Middlesbrough, he, he's a bit older than Ben Doak, he's 20. Uh, Doak's only just turned 17 a few months ago. Now, since Michael Carrick became the manager of Middlesbrough in mid to late October, They've gone on an astonishing rise from the relegation periphery up to the promotion periphery. Hackney has played and, in fact, started, I'm looking at his transfer mark here, started every game in centre mid. He's 20. Does he want a call up to the national team? Even though I have to admit here, I've only seen stuff on highlights. I do a wee bit of work on the EFL. I've, I've, I've done a Middlesbrough game this season, so I'm aware of him uh, and, his, and his qualities. But when you look at who else is in there, does he just need to, to wait his turn? Yeah, I sort of alluded to it a little bit earlier when I was talking about Gilmore and, and he'd had to wait for his chance, you know, probably similar to Doak where he'd had the odd few minutes at, at Chelsea. But yeah, I mean, you've, you've got a player who's playing every week for a team, what, I think they're third now in the in the championship, not too far off automatic, probably get into the playoffs. And as you say, he's been a, a real key player. Um, again, though, not to, I don't want to sit on the fence, but like, I look at Hackney and I go, he's maybe sixth, if not, you know, seventh choice, you would say. I mean, you're probably putting your you know, Gilmore, McTominay, McGinn, McGregor, Jack, Ferguson, maybe. You know, I, I don't know if that's harsh, but he's one you'd, you'd like to see around the squad, obviously. But 
you know, it does it come a wee bit too soon? I'm probably leaning towards that, but again, he's as as you touched on with the the hypothetical Cyprus example of if we're 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 winning that game comfortably, Touchwood, um, then you know, again, does he come off the bench and you know not lock in a player as such? I think you need three caps or whatever it is, but you know, he's effectively barring disaster. You c- cement his future with Scotland, and then we're you know, it's looking rosy with him for the future. And how do you feel about about the centre mid situation then? Callum drops two names there that kind of lead us on to a further point. McTominay and Gilmore, it was almost, it's, and it probably still is, but it was almost inconceivable that they wouldn't be playing regular football um, at all, especially in Gilmore's case um, a couple of seasons ago. McTominay's a bench player for Man United. Gilmore is struggling to have an impact at Brighton. Yes, he was hit with some bad luck that the manager that signed him then went in the opposite direction a matter of days later. But Gilmore's obviously a very talented young boy that's not that's finding it hard to to go and stake a claim in a, an English Premier League team that's doing extremely well at the moment. Understandable that Deserbi wouldn't want to really change much at Brighton right now, the way things are going for them. But do the fact that they have history in the Scotland squad, um, they're contracted to to big teams and 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 have made an impact with with Scotland before. Does that automatically mean that not only are they guaranteed a place in the squad ahead of somebody like Hackney, but does it mean that they're probably guaranteed a place in the team even ahead of him at the moment, despite the fact that they're not starting games at all for their clubs? Yeah, I think so, because you have to look at what they've done in a Scotland shirt as well. It's it's always quite hard when, you know, if a young player goes down, like you take Gilmore, Gilmore is 21 and he's already an English Premier League team. So he's already uh, pretty much one of the highest levels you can get to. So, and at centre mid, it's very hard, especially the kind of player he is as a sort of a real playmaker. Um, it's hard to nail down a starting place. So I'm less worried about Gilmore, to be honest. We've seen him come in when he's not been playing that much, and he's still done very well. And he's almost always played well for Scotland. Um, I still think he's one of our most talented players on the ball, um, so I have I have very little qualm about him coming in, and I would say the same with McTominay because McTominay's played a hell of a lot of games for Man United still this season, even though he's not been you know a starting regular recently. He's still got all that experience and so many caps that you can't really compare that to someone that's a, a really good young prospect, but that doesn't have that sort of credit in the bank playing at international level, which is a level above. And the kind of trust that they've earned with Steve Clark, which we know Steve Clark is massive on trust and the boys that have been there and delivered for him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
And another look through the under twenty ones. There are no other names really that that jump out at the moment. Some players that are are doing well. Sure, Josh Doig over in Verona. It would take Robertson or Taylor getting injured really before he probably comes into the fray. Max Johnston's having a good impact at Motherwell just now, but we're stacked in the right back area at the moment as well. Liam Morrison of Bayern, he's just signed a new deal until 2025, which is great. I think we just have to hope that he continues his development over there and, and has an impact in Germany. I suppose maybe you could draw comparisons with him and Doak. I mean, I mean Morrison's not played for Bayern Munich yet, sure, but he's he's been playing in uh, the Bundy 3 uh, with their uh, reserves or Bayern 2. I'm actually too sure what they're, they're called, but he's been playing good reserve football, same level as Doak and PL2. So, yeah, and I suppose if, if we're calling for Doak to be Included, why not Morrison and vice versa? But yep, good to see um, Morrison prospering over in Germany. Aside from that, um, nobody really that I think has made loud noises for a place in the squad. So that leads us on to players that have been in the squad before and are likely to be again. Let's have a chat about the centre-back situation because Tierney's not kicking a ball at Arsenal. Jack Henry's only recently started kicking a ball again for Club Bruges after a terrible spell in Italy with Cremonese. We've got in the middle, Hanley and Porteous, who I think are both fit at the moment. McKenna isn't. Callum, where do you stand on the centre-back issue? I've phrased that um, with uh, an expectancy that we'll, we'll be playing with three of them um, again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think yeah, you, you touched on it with McTominay and, and Gilmore. Tierney again is one with a Probably limited game time this season. Probably not not as little game time as, as Gilmore, but he probably hasn't played enough. Um, you know that, that he'd have wanted. But I, I, again, I think I don't think we have the luxury to to leave a guy of his quality out. So he probably starts at left centre back. I'm not sure what we do for a a game against Cyprus. Whether that's you know we we play a four um, or not. But you know thinking that that we will go the three Tierney. I was a big fan of Porteous um, when he when he came in. Certainly, certainly proved me wrong. Um, obviously, you mentioned previously I'm a Livingston fan, and he was he used to make the odd mistake against us, and you know I never really got the hype. But you know, for me, especially the start of this season, I think he's been terrific for Hibs, and then he's gone down and immediately immediately settled at, at Watford. And I think a lot of players that that we we have up here, as soon as they go down. They're, they're almost an instant success. Um, obviously, several examples of that. But yeah, Hanley, um, he's playing week in, week out for Norwich. Um, I think they're in the playoffs, but again, it's a league that's very tight. Um, I, it's probably done now, but you also technically have the option of McTominay on the right, but the right of a three. But I, I mean, I, I don't know how keen people are that are on that anymore, especially with. You know the options we have now with Hendry and um, Porteous as well, but you know I, I think for once we're we're looking okay in in that area. Um, it's probably our weakest area, and obviously you touched on it there. I sort of I had to be wry smile when you said we're we're stacked in the right back area now because we know how how much of a problem that used to be. But you know it's it's great to hear that. But yeah, central defenders. I think they're decent, but it's definitely room for improvement and again you touch on Liam Morrison he's a player I'm I'm very excited about um, and I hope John Suter can get himself fit as well because we saw you know previously for Scotland and 
and Hearts, what a, a good player he can be. Potentially Craig Calcutt as well. Yeah, Ben, you're a big fan of John Souter. Probably going to come a bit too early for him, I'd imagine, here. Um, he only just very recently made his comeback. I think it was against Slavy, actually, was it, Callum, uh, for, for Rangers? Am I, am I right or wrong in saying that? It was indeed, and um, he was ran ragged by Joel Nubley, so... Yeah, I don't think he was. It was his best day, and then he, he's he's been out ever since, really. Well, that that's right. It was it was Levy at the start of the season. His comeback. Uh, he's so he, he played. Here we go. Then I'm just looking just now. He played a minute against Kelly uh, at the start of the month. That would have just been last weekend, and he didn't play against Hibs. He played 45 for the B team, I believe. Him and Leon King at centre back, um, and they got beat four one by Celtic B. Okay. So, not great. Right. Well, no, I think we can safely say it's too early for, for John Suter. Maybe bad timing as well for Liam Cooper. He's not played in Leeds' last five games. I think he's another player that just struggles on and off with injury, and it seems that he's off at the moment um, with a problem. So, not too sure how that'll work. And with McKenna out as well, maybe that will lend itself more to to four at, at the back. If No, maybe not. Maybe, yeah, I suppose still play Tierney and Robertson. Because um, Robertson's fit and ready to go. Great performance from him against Man United the other day for Liverpool. Great to see. Um, yeah, let's move into the midfield then. I'm personally most interested to see how much priority Ben is put on Lewis Ferguson this time. What do you expect? Because when he moved to Bologna, he missed out on a squad. Clark said, folks, on getting yourself ready uh, under the new manager, Thiago Mota. He's done that. He's impressing people over there and back here as well. And potentially with a couple of players like Gilmore, like McTominay, not really playing, there's there's an option there for a partner for Callum McGregor in the midfield, would you reckon? It's been a bit of a dream sort of start for him in Italy because going over at that age, you never know you know, how, how, how quickly they're going to settle. And he's played 21 games and scored three goals. And as you say, he's getting rave reviews. There's rumours of bigger Italian clubs already sniffing around him. So... Fair play to him. He's he's really show, shown some people in Scotland that maybe thought he wasn't good enough to play for maybe the big two here. He's kind of moved ahead of them now, but by, uh, by the by the look of things, I think they'd be out of out of their price range now. Um, so yeah, and I think I was going to say I feel like he might dovetail quite nicely with McGregor, um, but it's it's so hard in our midfield because we do have so many options, um, so many good talents in centre mid. I, I wouldn't be averse to seeing him start against Cyprus. I would expect us to have a fair bit of the ball against Cyprus. And I would think that having played Syria the entire season, it wouldn't be beyond him uh, to play in that midfield against Cyprus. I wouldn't be suggesting to start him against Spain, but that's maybe where it's quite nice that we have Cyprus first. They're not the, the toughest of our opponents. Um, so I, I wouldn't be averse to seeing him given a start, seeing, uh, seeing what he can bring. A couple of other centre-mid names here we go, Callum, uh, Kenny McLean, playing regularly for Norwich. Clark's a big fan. He's popular in the squad. I expect him to be in there again. Alan Campbell, another fine season at Luton, who are doing well in the English Championship. Just the one cap for him so far came at the end of last season, away to Armenia. Or was it home to Armenia? No, it was away. I think we had the away shirt on when he came on. Um, what about David Turnbull? It's a weird situation, really, because we, we're all aware of David Turnbull's ability but his impact has been limited because of the, the signings that Ange Postecoglou has made at Celtic. Um, just, I mean, he can't get a game just now ahead of 
Oh god, must be three or four of them. Adam Moy, Hitati, McGregor, naturally captain. Um, who else? O'Reilly is picked ahead of him. So at the moment, is David Turnbull warranting a place in the Scotland squad? I, I don't think there's any danger of him starting. But what about the squad generally? That's where we are at the moment. Um, yeah, squad squad generally. I'm I'm not against it. I think he's a different option to your, as I, I touched on earlier. I don't know Jack McGregor sort of more. Number eight, so I, I, I'm not sure if Turnbull is an eight. I'd say he's more of a, a number 10 or, if you will, one of the two that will be in behind, say, Shea Adams, for example, kind of where John McGinn will play. Um, I think, you know, we we do... It's, it's more the forward areas that, that worry me is, is what I'm saying. And attacking midfielders, stroke-wide players, you know, we, we've seen Christie and Armstrong, obviously... Fantastic for Scotland, McGinn in that area. Again, if one of them isn't fit or you know working in a through the dice, Arsenal would potentially come off the bench. But um, Turnbull is is a player that that can play in that area, and I think we are lacking in in that sort of you know position in behind us in behind a striker. But yeah, he's definitely he's definitely. I don't think anywhere near a, a starting place unfortunately but it's a, a difficult one I think he probably he probably needs a, a move you know um, he's a player I really like and you know coming through at Motherwell and he hit the ground running at Celtic obviously overcame that injury but I think he's a, a player with, with real potential and one that's for me you get players that are really aesthetically pleasing I think technically on the ball usually left footers mind you but um, I think I think Turnbull, you know, the way he strikes a ball, the way he passes a ball, his intelligence and vision. I'm a I'm a big fan, and I'd ha- I'd have him in the squad just for his ability, um, especially in a dead ball as well. I I was shocked, or I am shocked right now upon googling to find out David Turnbull is still only 23. When you yeah. when you use when you use the word potential there. Kind of caught me off guard because I I thought Turnbull was at least twenty five by now twenty three years old goodness me, um so yeah maybe brighter days ahead for Turnbull I agree with you Callum I think he does need a move I can't see him prospering at Celtic well, uh, Ange Postecoglou favours so many other players in front of him so it'd be good for us as national team supporters Ben if uh, if Turnbull can can go and get a look in somewhere else I, I can't imagine he'd be short of suitors because he must have had plenty when he was preparing to leave Motherwell I know you're a big fan. Yeah, no, he did have options. Um, but when Celtic came, and I'm sure he would have been told that he'd be a key part of the team, then he obviously jumped at it. But at the moment, he really isn't. And I, I just don't think he suits Postacoglu's kind of style with the midfielders. They all have to be very, very mobile. Um, and that's not really Turnbull's game. He he can get around the pitch, but he's more about picking passes and obviously his finishing, especially from outside the area. Is brilliant. So I totally agree. I'd like to see him get a move to maybe an English championship team where he could go and be that number 10. You know, they'll maybe have the other midfielders to work around him and he can just be the creator because we've seen, you know, even coming on for Celtic, he seems to score from outside the box virtually every time he gets a chance for Celtic. Um, There's definitely a real talent there. And at 23, as you say, he's got plenty of years ahead of him, um, but you don't want to see him sitting on the bench for too much longer. Let's talk about the attacking situation then, Callum. You're concerned about it. Here are some names that won't be involved. Lyndon Dykes, I, I, I think, is still recovering from, from his illness and, and, and won't be playing. 
Ross Stewart, real shame for him as Achilles went just as it looked like he was uh, picking up from where he, he left off before his hamstring injury earlier in the season. Um, Ryan Fraser has made a bed that it seems that he's now having to lie in uh, at Newcastle under Eddie Howe, training with the under-21s. And he was in the last Scotland squad as well. He was in the squad for the Turkey game. Um, so a quick turn of events there for Fraser, um, which is a bit of a loss because when he's on it, he's a threat. Um, otherwise, forward-thinking players, I'll include Christie because he plays in that kind of role. Uh, Jacob Brown, Shea Adams, and Lauren Shankland and Ollie McBurney. Kevin Nisbet as well, I suppose. Don't want to, to leave out Nisbet. I know his form's dropped off slightly, but he came back from his injury really strongly. So from those names, Callum, probably room for four. Let's take uh, certainties with Shea Adams and Christie, depending on whether Christie's listed as a midfielder or not. What about Jacob Brown, Shankland, McBurney and Nisbet? Do you think a couple of them will get in? If you're asking me for, for two names to pick, I'm going the, the two boys that are playing their football in Scotland, um, Shankland and Nisbet. Um, McBurney, for me, is always a, a frustrating one because, again, there's certain sections of the, the fan base that they haven't taken to him and things. And for me, I've, I've given him multiple chances, but it's, it's not worked. And it's not even... I think he has been unlucky, you know, um, Sometimes I think he came on and hit the bar one game, and it's you know it's a matter of inches, and he's a hero in in that game, and obviously he scores the penalty in Serbia, doesn't he? So mm. you know, we'll always be grateful for that. But you know, I don't think he offers a lot. That you know, he's a goal scorer and he's a proven goal scorer, but I think the the Tartan army, ourselves included, you want a guy that that runs the line, he he runs the channels, can hold the ball up, win the flick ons, and I'm not saying he doesn't try a leg at all, but I just don't think he's he's that type of player. And Jacob Brown, we've probably not seen enough of. Um, although that's through no fault of his own, I think. You know, especially in friendlies. Um, again, probably the the only real criticism of Clark is that, again, in the friendlies, he doesn't tend to experiment a lot. You you're wanting to see guys like Jacob Brown give him 45 minutes and and see what he can do. We've seen him off the bench maybe 10, 15 minutes. But for me, I think Shankland and Nisbet this season, obviously Nisbet's had his injury problems, but I think they've taken their game to a new level. Um, obviously, they, they've got the goals to back that up. But again, as I touch on watching watching Livingston, there'd be games where they were either fantastic against us or they were totally anonymous. Um, but for me, especially the way Hearts play now um, and the way that their forward line kind of rotates. He drops into midfield, Shankland, and links the play very well. And I think Nisbet as well was probably the most guilty of, you know, he'd, against against us, for example, he'd score a hat-trick or do nothing. Um, <laughs> he's done a couple of times now. But um, now, if he doesn't score, say, um, I think he's involved a lot more. Um, and that and that's that's only positive for me. So I'd probably have... Probably have both of them in there just for a their goal scoring ability and b because of the way that Scotland Scotland play now and I think they could do a job in, in linking with the midfield. And I suppose you'll be Team Shankland. Always, <laughs> always Team Shankland. But like for for genuine reasons, like we've spoken about before, I think his cleverness, you know, the link up play, the way he brings other players into play, that's that's 
the difference going up to international level. You have to have that in your locker. And I think he does have that. And he also has goals in him. So I wouldn't be pressing for him to start by any means. But I certainly think as, as an option off the bench and just as an option for if someone's injured, then, you know, I would take Shankland. I saw that Dykes was actually back in the QPR squad for this weekend. Okay. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that gives him an outside chance because it wasn't like a, a bad muscle injury or something that he had. So, you know, if he can prove his fitness over the next couple of weeks, then I would, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule him out. Um, McBurney, I just, I don't know if he is worth the kind of media storm that it would kind of create if, if he was to get called up, you know, I'm guilty being in the media myself, but I know the exact kind of headlines that are going to come out if McBurney is brought in. And it seems to me like something that Clark could avoid. And he, he, I, I like McBurney as a player, but I'm not sure he's worth the extra sort of hassle that is going to come in in terms of bringing him back in. I, I'm not sure he's actually he's worth it, um, which is a shame because, you know, he has scored goals in the championship. I think he's scored something like 12 goals again this season um, and he's playing really well. So we don't have that many people scoring that many goals at a really good level. So it is, it's a tough one, but I'm just not sure it's worth um, the, uh, the kind of upset it'll cause. Well, Clark Gillis, loyal listener, is in the mention saying he expects the forwards will be Adams, Brown, Christie, Nisbet, and Shankland, um, we had a, someone in the mention saying that Brophy may be given the striking situation, but I can't, can't see that personally. And um, we have at SPFL Fitba fan saying, which is true, really, we've no idea if Jacob Brown can step up to international level and we need options now, which is the point you were making a moment ago, Callum, that maybe we've had opportunities in the past year to, to see what Brown's made of and, and we have only seen five or ten minutes of him here and there. Um Ryan Fraser, we, we mentioned, uh, won't, well, surely won't be involved. His clubmate, Elliot Anderson, is playing ahead of him. Uh, either of you, any particularly strong feelings on this? Because he's eligible for Scotland and England. He's pulled out of a couple of under-21 squads before. He's not in this under-21 squad. Do you think that that means there's a chance he'll be straight into the A-team or he's just taken more time to consider his international options, as did Shea Adams and as did Angus Gunn, for example, who maybe will see this international break. Just touching on Fraser, he started the last two games for Scotland and he was sub, he he came on as a sub in the two before that, which was quite, I thought that was quite surprising that he's got, he's literally played our last four games, um, having, you know, not really been in the picture Mm -hmm. for Newcastle. Um, Anderson, there's been a lot of talk um, looking in the sun this, this week about England really courting him. Uh, so I think we're in. We're probably in bother there. Uh, I think he is. He was born outside Newcastle. Um, yeah. So I think that. I think it's. I think be... it's a grand. I think it's a grandparent situation with Anderson. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine the heartstrings will be very blue. Whereas with with Hackney, um, he his mum's English, so I, I suppose that he'll have stronger ties to Scotland than I'd imagine, given it's it's a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he seems like a good talent, so it would be a shame to lose him. Sure, yeah, sure. Well, maybe not. Um, but we'll find out at the start of next week. I suppose the squad announcement will be on uh, Tuesday the 14th, I would estimate. Um, I suppose Monday or, Monday or Tuesday. It's, it's normally a Tuesday, the Tuesday, isn't it, for the following weekend? Um, so, yeah, um, well, we'll see what happens then. We, we actually didn't really get to touch on the other centre-halves that might 
get called up. Don't think any of them will, but with the injuries to McKenna, Suter, Cooper, thought maybe um, Dominic Hyam from Blackburn Rovers who are flying high in the English Championship. He's a regular starter at centre-back for them. Um, also have Liam Lindsay playing regularly at Preston who are kind of just floating about mid-table in the in the English Championship, which is, which is not too bad either. They're playing regular football. Maybe one of them will sneak in and be the fifth um, or maybe sixth centre-half in the squad. Um, but I think that'll do us for just now, boys. We're actually running out of time on the Zoom. So, Zoom booth. So, before we get cut off, thanks very much for coming on. And we'll get back into it next week when the squad's announced. Ben, thanks very much for coming back. Callum, au revoir. Au revoir. Thanks for having me on. Nice. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.